This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you would like at 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we have on the site. We give them to you for free. And if you would like, you can interact with the website. I mean, yeah, you can go and look at it and everything, but you can also click on the voting tallies. Each number as you go down the page next to an item uh, is the total number of votes that the item has. The items are submitted by listeners like you and are voted on by listeners like you. So you can do all of those things. Vote them up, vote them down, submit uh, new content to the site. And what you submit can be anything that's online, anything that you can link to, uh, anything that's on YouTube or a news article or blog post. Submit it as show prep over at freetalklive.com. It appears in the upcoming stories page where it must receive a certain number of votes in order to make it to the front page of the site. So do go to freetalklive.com and get interactive and uh, so Nemi and Mark joining me as usual here this evening. We will, of course, take your calls about absolutely anything. We're going to start out tonight with some, well, a topic that's pretty disturbing and that a lot of people don't want to talk about, and that is suicide. But specifically, the suicides of U.S. military, soldiers, veterans, uh, etc. And McClatchy News Service McClatchyDC.com has the story. Marine Corps Private Lazarek T. Caldwell slits his, slit his wrists Ugh. and spurred a legal debate that's consuming the Pentagon as well as the nation's top military appeals court. On Tuesday, the court wrestled with the wisdom of prosecuting Mr. Caldwell after his January 2010 suicide attempt. Though Caldwell pleaded guilty, he and his attorneys now question his original plea and the broader military law that makes self-injury a potential criminal offense. The questions resonate amid what Pentagon leaders have called an epidemic of military suicides. Senior Judge Walter Cox III said, If suicide is indeed the worst enemy the armed forces have, then why should we criminalize it when it fails? For 40 minutes Tuesday morning, Cox and the four other members of the Court of Appeals for the Armed Forces sounded deeply ambivalent about the complexities involved in prosecuting members of the military who try to kill themselves. Because nothing's going to make you feel better after failing at your suicide attempt than the prospects be of being prosecuted and sitting in jail right, for it, yeah. locked up in prison. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> doesn't make much sense. Believe me, I, I I'm sure they can get they can figure out ways to kill themselves in in prison. I, I know that there's been there's several ways to do it. They often give men razors in prison, mm-hmm. so it doesn't take much to pry the blade out of those razors. Nope. Um, they they give men sheets, and it doesn't take much to rip the end off of a sheet and uh, use it just as a cord, tie it around the end of your bed, and just kind of yep. scoot down so that it gets tightened up around your neck. You don't need to hang yourself from the ceiling. That's just for dramatic purposes. This is the, mm-hmm. this is the military we're talking about. They do give you guns. Well, not in, not in jail. Someone someone who wants to die is going to die. That's uh, you know, unless they're in solitary confinement. Yep. You know, well, but, I, solitary confinement. <laughs> I've, seen, I've been in jail and I've seen them kill themselves in confinement. Yeah. So uh, back to the story here. While several judges sounded skeptical about the government's claim that Caldwell's actions brought discredit to the Marine Corps. Judges also sounded hesitant about ruling out prosecution altogether. Another judge said, I question whether it's up to us to say that under no circumstance can someone be prosecuted. Isn't that up to Congress? Well, way to make a stand. Right. 
Way, way to make a stand, which is very typical of government bureaucrats. I mean, look, Mr. Stuckey, the judge in this case, you have the opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. You have the opportunity to do the right thing and make a statement and say, you know what? This is a terrible bit of this military code of conduct or U.S. military code of justice. This is a terrible provision, and we are no longer going to hear cases that have anything to do with suicide. Well, Case dismissed. That's a, yeah, that's a small step in the right direction. But really what they should be asking themselves over there is, why are people committing suicide? Well, the judges, that's not their issue. I, I got right? it. They're only deciding he on whether put, or not to prosecute he, he them. He can put out a memorandum with that, uh, with that ruling that says, um, you know, what— <laughs> a military the- judge is not going to come out with a memorandum that says, you know, we really should stop all these overseas wars, which are driving our uh, military he, members to kill themselves. He doesn't have to say that. He can say that, you know, that they need to find out why these people are mm-hmm. killing themselves. I don't think it's just the overseas uh, wars. I think there's lots of reasons. I think that that's a large reason. But, you know, you have to ask yourself, why would somebody do this? Well, probably being caught in what they consider to be a dead-end job that they don't want to be in for the next three or four years probably doesn't help them. And then, uh, you know, Maybe getting a less than honorable discharge or something like that. That's not going to help them. So they really feel like they're stuck in a situation. I mean, I think that I think that the military has all kinds of things that it does that uh, needs to, need to be looked at. Why are more people in the military killing themselves than the enemy is? Meaning the enemy is not killing themselves, but the enemy is killing the military members. The suicide rate is higher than the death rate. Right. The combat death rate. Right. (laughs) The military is more deadly to our soldiers than it is to the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. (laughs) So, yeah, Mark, he could make that statement, but I'm just asking him to do the right thing and make the statement that we're not going to tolerate this anymore. But they're so political that they won't even make that – they won't even take that strong position to say – we're going to put our foot down. This is wrong. You guys, no more prosecuting. We're not going to hear hear these cases. You you don't get to prosecute people for attempted suicide anymore. Thanks. Goodbye. He could make a, they could make a statement like that, but no, they're equi- they're already equivocating, uh, saying that. Well, I question whether it's up to us to say that under no circumstance can someone be prosecuted. Congress and the White House might, in fact, get into the act, according to McClatchy. Earlier this year, Defense Department General Counsel J. Johnson asked a Pentagon advisory asked a Pentagon advisory committee to consider recommendations revising the manual for courts martial so that a genuine attempt at suicide may not require disciplinary action. The <laughs> now, why is it okay to say a genuine suicide attempt um, in this case, but it's not okay for that Republican legislator to have said legitimate rape? Oh, Mark. Well, really? I, yeah. Well, the, you could have a fake uh, a suicide You could have attempt. someone who's talking about suicide for the purpose of uh, getting, getting attention. attention. Getting attention. Right. And you can have somebody lie about having been raped. I just don't think it's, you know, this judge doesn't step in it here, but somehow that nut that thought that, uh, you know, getting raped somehow the body shuts down, I don't know, the the female body kills sperm or something like that. I mean, that that was the thing to go after this guy for. But this term legitimate rape seems silly. I, I would agree. There. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about this on the on the show. Uh, the legitimate rape comment was absolutely disgusting in my view. But I also his comment about legitimate rape yeah. or the people blowing it. Well, yeah. Why? Well, because in my opinion, if it's rape, it's legitimate rape. It's not fake rape. You but don't you don't make up rape. Does it legitimate rape kind of indicate that it's not fake rape? I mean, like there are fake. It's rapes, redundant. Right? I, I would not agree that there are there are. What fake does that rapes. mean? A fake rape? What's okay, that supposed so to mean? So a legitimate rape would be a rape that actually occurred. 
An mm-hmm. illegitimate rape would be a rape that somebody claimed happened and they that did not. That would be a lie, Mark. Okay. A lie would be something that was not a legitimate rape. Legitimate comes from the root word legal. And so therefore, um, that means that it would be it would have to fit the criteria of the law in order to have been a rape. And if it wasn't one of those, then it wasn't a legitimate rape. That's all the guy was saying. It's either a rape or it's not no, a that rape. Wasn't all, that wasn't all the guy was saying. The guy well, went on to say that the, the female body can shut uh, down the, the product of a... It was just patently rape. absurd. That, that part's absurd. Absolutely. He uh, doesn't understand how... He doesn't it, understand biology. Not. I'm certainly not saying that there are not people in the world who lie, but I, I don't believe that the phrase legitimate rape, I think it's redundant well, because... Uh, my concern is is that if you uh, if you go after somebody for having said the words legitimate rape, then what it says is is that anybody anytime anybody says rape, that it's okay to prosecute whoever the hell they said uh, that they raped them. And I find that 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 be a little scary. Well, without I would I would disagree. I would I would say the evidence certainly has to be there to support going after someone for a conviction. But I also can can discern a difference between a genuine suicide attempt and someone who's just trying to get attention, as Ian said, or maybe um, just trying to get out of work. You know, hey, if I slice up my wrists a little bit, I'll get some attention from my friends or maybe my CEO will send me home and I won't have to go to work today. I think that that's probably been done in the military and probably been done in other places, too, where you basically have slave labor. Toll-free number tonight is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. More about military suicides being called an epidemic by their own people. 855-450-FREE. You can take control as well. Are you a fan of beer, liberty, and good conversation? Do you support freedom, peace, and voluntary interaction? Are you looking to meet others who think like you? Don't wait for your move to the Free State Project to get started when you can do something about it today. This is Amanda Mill, encouraging you to set up a Liberty on the Rots network near you to begin connecting and informing libertarian thinkers over drinks. Visit www.libertyontherocks.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything that you would like at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that are waiting for you there. Uh, Once again, that's freetalklive.com. We've got a lot of stuff on our site, and it's all there for free for you. So go to archives. Uh, You can get the archives there and grab as many of the shows as you would like. Uh, We've got the Shrine of Female Listeners, news updates, the mobile site, the webcam, and that's only a fraction of everything that's available there. Go to freetalklive.com, get interactive, and know that Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. SACL is really three companies in one because they do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Now, SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call and have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. SACL, C-A-I, you can see their banner right at the top of our banner column over at freetalklive.com. We're sharing with you a story from McClatchy News Service, McClatchyDC.com, on the Marine Corps, uh, I guess he's, well, it says he's a Marine Corps private, doesn't call him a veteran, so I I, I presume that means he's still on active duty. Seems reasonable. Slit his wrists and then was prosecuted 
by the military, by the Marine Corps' prosecutors, because he his actions brought discredit to the Marine Corps. A real Marine wouldn't have done that. Right. Honor, honor duty country. I agree that they, um, you know, from their perspective, that it did bring uh, discredit upon the Marine Corps. I don't understand how that brings any discredit on the Marine Corps. If you went and slit your wrists at home tonight, Mark, it wouldn't have anything to do with Free Talk Live. I wouldn't be living on Free Talk Live's property, nor would I be um, in a situation where Free Talk Live would prosecute me and throw me in jail if I tried to leave their property without their permission. Well, I don't think that the prosecution was a concern for this guy when he slit his wrists. I absolutely agree, but I think that the conditions under which he slit his wrists do bring discredit to the Marines. I don't even know how to address that. So I'm just going to go on. Earlier this year, uh, their defense counsel asked a Pentagon advisory committee to consider recommendations revising the court, the manual for courts martial to uh, so that a genuine attempted suicide may not require disciplinary action. They may make a suggestion on that eventually, that being the Joint Service Committee on Military Justice. Everyone agrees there's a problem. Last year, the 301 known military suicides accounted for 20% of U.S. military deaths. From 2001 to August 2012, the U.S. military counted 2,676 suicides. Now, I thought that uh, y'all had said that there were more suicides than there were casualties. Uh, casualties. That's a statistic that I had read. I'm, I, yeah. I follow this pretty closely. And in, in my going back through my information here from June of this year, the first at the 154 suicides for active duty troops in the first 155 days of the year far outdistanced the US forces killed in action in Afghanistan mm. about 50% more according to Pentagon statistics that's obtained by the AP interesting so i think so it, this year there've been more of them it really depends on your pool of data are we t- talking about people who are active duty are we and talk- veterans and veterans right, are because we talk- if you add veterans in then you get a higher number right are we talking about people who are stationed abroad or are we talking mm-hmm. about people who are active duty at home it really depends on the pool that you're talking about i mean statistics what it, what's that famous quote from twain there's statistics and lies and then there's statistics damn lies damn right. lies damn lies and then there's statistics right yeah. there you go so it, i i really think that it really depends on your source um for but it is certainly a problem i mean 154 suicides in the first 155 days of 20 2012 is insane to me when you bring in the veterans into the numbers as mcclatchy does here in a moment uh, it really starts to make them big i mean these points out here it was last year it was only 301 known military suicides uh that was just last year and then according to the numbers there were 3,871 veterans who were enrolled in VA care that killed themselves in 2008 and 2009. So, it, you know, those aren't the same years, so we're not comparing apples to apples, but, you know, it's still pretty close. 301 in the last year, uh, military active duty people killed themselves, and then over a two-year span, 3,871 in VA care killed themselves. So yeah. let's just call that 1,500 uh you know, an average of 1,500 to 2,000 per year uh, killing themselves in VA care. Then add to that the active deaths and you're, it's only another It's a frightening statistic and, and it makes one wonder why. I mean, I know PTSD is, a, is an epidemic as yeah. are brain injuries. Um, you know, we've read in the past that uh, PTSD seems to be worse in uh, the, the worst in, in people that feel guilt. And um, we've I've looked into this uh, this guilt aspect of it and that seems you know what what they say there seems to be true and the guilt seems to be centered on a couple of things either 
A, what they did over there and, you know, maybe seeing children blown apart and things like that as a result of their actions or the actions of their comrades. And that can be tough. Or they feel guilt for leaving their comrades over there um, in the, the hands of the evil enemy. So they'll actually, you know, there's there's a couple of aspects to it. And my experience is certainly not that I'm I'm all worldly on this, but I am. I did grow up military, um, and I have several friends who are or were in the military, and it's certainly the former more than the latter. For in my experience, Mark, that the people are killing themselves because of the guilt. They feel over what they saw okay. or what they did personally. I, I, you know, it's hard to find the statistics. Um, there aren't any statistics that I can tell on this is why people, you know, are experiencing the PTSD and stuff like that. But I do, you know, certainly there are a lot of people that have had a lot of guilt over what they've seen and what they feel they've been a part of. Active duty members of the military who succeeded in killing themselves are treated as having died honorably. I think that's an interesting interesting distinction to make too however active duty members who try and fail may be prosecuted under the uniform code of military justice if the suicide attempt is deemed conduct that causes prejudice to good order and discipline or has a tendency to bring the service into disrepute which of course will certainly not result in them being discharged honorably i don't imagine Hmm. at that point uh, you don't think people will think less well of the military if people are killing themselves? Judge Margaret A. Ryan asked rhetorically. The Marine Corps recorded 163 suicide attempts last year and 157 attempts so far this year, according to the service's suicide prevention program. Wait a second here. Is this just the Corps that you were giving numbers on suicides for previously? No. Okay. Uh, last year, the, the Marines known... have had 160-something suicides. How many were the, the entire military have? The Marines 300. A, the Marines is a really small force. Uh, compared to the, the United States They're also the ones Army? that move into the situations uh, first. Yeah, right? if, if they want to catch bullets, they move, put Marines in there to catch them. Um, so that would mean they're more likely, I would think, to suffer PTSD I'm and things like that. I'm just stunned that the Marines make up about half. Is that the number that you're saying? Yeah, that's Somewhere around half of the U.S. military suicides are Marines. When you're talking about the three other forces are just, I mean, they dwarf the Marine in size. I, I'm going to look at the numbers here in yeah, just sure. one second. But I mean, when you talk, I would, I would imagine that the uh, Army is somewhere on the scale of 10 to 20 times the size of the Marines. Mm. Okay, well, check it out and uh, let us know. We'll continue here. So 157 attempts so far this year, uh, and those are just attempts. So remember, the original uh, number I gave you, Mark, was 301 suicides. So we don't know how many of those... Attempts. I guess if, if it's cataloged an attempt, does that mean it did not succeed, or Correct. do all attempts, you know, have some successes and some not so much? Generally, when you succeed, it's not considered an attempt. Okay, eight five five four fifty free. That's it's a suicide. Yeah. You a, have killed. It's a successful suicide. It's a legitimate suicide. <laughs> suicide so, is a term for so we success. weren't comparing the same thing. It was one hundred fifty seven attempts compared to three hundred one suicides for the whole military. We can continue with this in moments. So it's free talk live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com.
is Free Talk Live. Take control of these airwaves here. Toll free, 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. Get interactive on the bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com. It's our message board, bbs.freetalklive.com. Like the rest of the features on our sites, we give it away. I listen to a lot of radio, podcasts, audiobooks, things like that. And I, here's a podcast I'd like to uh, recommend to you. I think you might really enjoy it. It's called VerbalSurgery.com. Uh, the Tim Cummins, the the guy who does the, uh, the the podcast, he's a friend of ours here at Free Talk Live. And he has a way of getting inside your head and making you feel better. I Whenever I listen to Verbal Surgery... At first, it, it starts out that I, you know, I, you know, I, I have to step down from my day, download a podcast, and you know, the first couple of minutes, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, it seems it's all a little strange. But before it's before too long, he's actually made me feel better, and I think he could do it for you. Uh, VerbalSurgery.com. He has uh, kind of, I don't know, come some kind of psychological techniques that make you feel better. Check it out. Verbalsurgery.com. Verbalsurgery.com. You'll be happy you did. Herbal surgery is something completely different. <laughs> That's what Ian specializes in. Verbalsurgery.com. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so we're talking about suicide, but first let's go to the phones and talk to Wham calling from Skoogelhaven, wherever that is, listening to LRN.FM. Hello, Wham. Hello. You're on the air. Go ahead with your thoughts. How are things in Skoogelhaven? Well, I was at work with my friend Abdul from uh-huh. Chicago. Didn't he call last night and try to say something really terrible on the on the air? I don't know. Okay, why don't you get to your point? Make sure you hover over the dump well, button. Yeah, we, I was we got at it. work with him, and we were discussing about this one child we met, and he looked like he needed help, and we went over to talk to him, and he came over and he showed us his. Hey, cross. where are you guys? Where are you guys from? What, do you guys no, hang out on like some website? Because every now and then we have uh, people invade the show. One time it was the, 4chan. Now yeah. That was really awesome. No, it wasn't 4chan. It, it was. No, it wasn't. Which one was it? No, it was... Uh, the people that called in the about vestibule. the... The vestibule. Oh, the vestibule? The vest- I, I don't know te, the difference. Te vestibule. Te vestibule. Where, where are you guys from? Oh, he oh. hung up the phone. I don't even know what he, what he was saying there. But at least we didn't have to dump him that time. Uh, he tried to say the C word. Did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear you it. You just cut him right off. <laughs> I didn't cut him off. He was there the whole time. I didn't no, cut no, the line. No, no. With your speech. Oh, okay. You okay. jumped in just as he uh, was yeah. was getting ready to say, you know, I said, a, I tried to say a da- bad word on the air and they dumped me. I think it's just yuck, the same yuck, yuck. guy or two, really? two guys. Yeah, I think it was two, the same guy. Two you need max. to get outside more, really. Is it- it's dark out right now. Up well, in the northern not hemisphere. everywhere. Not everywhere, everywhere now. Like, come on, there's stuff to do at night too, Mark. It's, not outside. What? The kid's like 14. How many 14 year olds do you want running around outside? Stay inside. Okay. Find Go get some productive air. to do. Get your homework right. done. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently, uh, yeah. Eight five five four fifty free. We we're their babysitter uh, at this point. Which you know, come on. You can be more creative than that, can't you? I guess that's about the level of creativity that you can expect from uh, from a teenager. But really, I'm I'm disappointed. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line, and we're uh, we're talking about suicide, the epidemic of suicides, as it's been called, even by people in the military, uh, where literally hundreds and thousands of people have taken their own lives both on active duty and after the fact as military veterans in the service of the VA. And we're going through a McClatchyDC.com article about this, where prosecutors are charging people 
who attempt to kill themselves and fail. Uh, so they are now, you know, they're, they're bringing people up on charges. There's an appeals court in the military. Their highest appeals court is now looking at this issue and trying to determine how to handle this. Should the prosecutions continue or should they make a stand and say no more of this? This is this is ridiculous to prosecute uh, a man or a woman who has you know, attempted to hurt themselves in a very you know horrible manner. Mm. Let's not make their lives any worse. OK. Well, I would think that would be the way to do it. Um, And my understanding is in several states, there are civilian laws that prohibit or prohibit suicide or make it a criminalized suicide um, or or the failed attempt. So you could, in theory, in one of these states, be charged with attempted suicide and and go to jail. Right. There are state laws about that, too. So anybody can face this kind of prosecution. Yep. Don't have to just be in the military. So, Which I, I think is really awful, and those laws are – they need to be overturned. This by the is way, I, the absence of compassion. I had talked about the populations of uh, the personnel um, of the United States military, yeah. um, and I was just off. Way off. Um, as far as the, the numbers <laughs> in the Marines versus here. the Army. Uh, I thought that it was really – I really did think it was something like 10 to 20 times, and I guess it's closer from uh, like two to the, – the Army is like two to three times the size of – the Marines. According to the 2010 demographic reports, uh, as sourced to us from Wikipedia by our board operator, uh, the Army has 561,000, almost 562,000 uh, people. Marine Corps, about 203,000. Navy, 323,000. Air Force, 329,000. And the Coast Guard with 41. If you wrap in the uh, off what, what the, the, the reserves um, into those, the Army's numbers swell exponentially beyond the Marines. But if um, you add in the Army Reserve and the Army National Guard, then you go from 561,000, you add in 362 plus 205, so you go over a million at yeah. that point. And uh, that was the number I thought that uh, was were in the, the Army, like, you know, in excess of a million, but I thought the Marines were a much smaller force than that, um, you know. So you're talking maybe the Army's maybe five times uh, larger than the Marines. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so eight five five four fifty free. We continue here with the numbers. The Marine Corps recorded one hundred and sixty three suicide attempts just last year, and one hundred fifty seven thus far this year, according to the Suicide Prevention Program. Apparently, that's not working very well. Statistics for other branches weren't immediately available. Prosecutions are infrequent, but they do occur. Marine Corps Lance Corporal Darren Evans faces murder charges in the death of his roommate at Camp Pendleton in California. Prosecutors have also charged Evans with uh, self-injury because he subsequently threw himself from the third story of his barracks. On the other hand, Medal of Honor recipient and Marine Corps veteran Dakota Meyer recounts his t- in his 2012 memoir that he once put a gun to his head and pulled the trigger in a moment of post-combat distress. The gun, however, wasn't loaded, and Meyer was neither caught nor prosecuted. Well, how could he be prosecuted if he wasn't caught? Now a civilian resident of Oceanside, California, Caldwell was a 23-year-old Marine private in 20, or excuse me, January 2010. He'd been diagnosed with depression and post-traumatic stress disorder after suffering through other personal problems. After Caldwell was told that he was being sent to the brig over the alleged theft of a belt, he slit his wrists with a razor in the barracks of Camp Schwab, Okinawa. The public today views suicide attempts like this as an illness, according to his attorney. Caldwell eventually pleaded guilty to self-injury and received a bad conduct discharge after being convicted of larceny, driving without a license, and possessing the drug known as spice. 
case is not about prosecuting suicide or attempted suicide, according to Marine Corps Major David Roberts. He says it's about prosecuting an act that was prejudicial to good order and discipline. I'd like to interrupt here. Hmm. He pled guilty to self-injury, received the bad conduct discharge after being convicted of larceny. Different charges resulted in his bad conduct discharge, not the self-injury charge, at least the way this is written. Mm -hmm. Um, I do know that K2 or SPICE is um, heavily frowned upon in the military. If you're caught with it once at any of the military schools, you're out. Interesting. Gone. See ya. Chief Judge Baker asked skeptically whether the military would charge someone who developed post-traumatic stress after five combat tours uh, because the judge thought self-injury was an odd charge for military prosecutors to levy. Hansel suggested one potential solution telling judges they could set a rule that once a reasonable case has been made that a suicide attempt was genuine, the burden would shift to the government to prove otherwise. It might require an additional policy change from military and political leaders to treat suicide attempts as something other than a crime. So I think this is asking the military to be something that it isn't, which is a nurturing, compassionate, compassionate yeah. entity. Where mm. I, I, And I don't see that happening. But I also, Doesn't look like it's going to happen. I, I also don't think that this should be a crime that people should be going to to jail for i'm surprised they're not pursuing breach of contract frankly 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number maybe you want to tell us what your experience was like in the military are you suffering from ptsd and have you had suicidal thoughts what uh, is your story 855-450-FREE the successes are piling up and proving the free state project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea when you're planning your move to new hampshire consider keen Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have there for you on our site. Once again, freetalklive.com. Enjoy the show. Like Free Talk Live. Want to help support uh, the program? You can do that by becoming an amplifier over at amp.freetalklive.com. Amp stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is that we will take your five bucks a month that you contribute to Amp and invest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more internet listeners on board, and exposing new people to the ideas of freedom. You get perks, too, like access to the Amp-only call-in lines, Amp-only podcast, forum and more and the ample podcast is basically the same as our regular podcast minus the podcast commercials that the regular podcast has so some perks involved but the real reason to do it is to help free talk live get the ideas of freedom out there to as many people as possible go to amp.freetalklive.com as we go back to your phone calls here but then nemi's going to tell us about the military and compassion or the lack thereof but first let's talk to mitchell listening in mississippi to lrn.fm hey mitchell I wanted to talk about uh, Stacey Lawton, the new uh, House representative who's apparently a felon. She's actually not a, not a representative anymore. She stepped down earlier well, today. Uh, she she recanted that she's still interested if the attorney general doesn't or allows her the law is unclear. What's, okay. the, what's the source on that? 
it, it came out relatively recently, but what concerned me the most was she was like, what she had, had apparently ran on was like the um, the welfare state and poverty and homelessness and trying to like make like new expansive programs on those sort of things. And mm. apparently she'd used um, social security disability to uh, like essentially like subsidize herself while she didn't work, which, which is pretty outrageous that like she, she and the the credit card fraud that she'd committed she's only paid about two hundred dollars out of like a thousand uh like in comparison to like a thousand eight hundred that she hasn't paid that's still outstanding from two so years ago. So this yeah, is it's a, about it it's about a hundred and fifty, hundred and eighty dollars that she's paid on that since two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, roughly. Yeah. Now this is a New Hampshire uh yep, state from route, Nashua, right? yeah. And she she'd also called the emergency services ambulance line <laughs> yeah. to get a free ride home. We could fill a whole hour with this. With this, um, it's been the news has been on fire in New Hampshire about it um, since late last week when the Laconia Daily Sun broke the story. And I did bring this in for show prep this evening because it's just full of all sorts of uh, twists and turns of credit card fraud, of running for office as a felon, as a transgender woman, um, and flashing. Oh, tire slashing, and then there's the theft of services charges that you mentioned up at the Weirs Beach up in Laconia after the fireworks uh, because she she didn't want to walk home, um, so she called for an ambulance. Did voters instead. know about any of this no, prior to no, the election? No, she didn't disclose any of the stuff. And she she'd ran like I, I forgot the exact number, but at least like three or four other times, and she'd gotten like. 20% and then it was 10% and then 2% for different city council things and then uh interesting she started transitioning and it it I mean I hate to say this but it almost makes me suspicious if she like switched genders to like to kind of garner media attention and then become like a PC kind of I I doubt that. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that cuz that's a lot of painful surgery just to get some positive media on your side. I she moved to Nashua is what she did and we've we've had plenty of crazy lawmakers out of Nashua. Tom Elsier is another one that I can think of <laughs> over that way. Show. He does call into the show and he's another nutbag if you ask me, quite frankly. Let's put them both in the same room together you know, because he would be really uncomfortable being around a tranny. Um and, and so what Stacy has said from the the accounts that I've read is that she did not put this on the front page of her um, campaign materials, but she didn't hide it if she was right, asked I'm about it. I'm surprised that the you know the people that dig up the skeletons. Well, there's on... not much skeleton digging that goes on in New Hampshire state rep races. Apparently they, not. There can be, but not in Nashua. And see, this is the thing: is I think if people are interested in, in being active, they should go to Nashua because people are winning because no one's running against them. You know, that's how Tom Elsier got in. And I'm not sure if that's the case that happened here, but certainly this is this is insane. I'm surprised that this didn't come out before. It's it's a crazy, crazy story. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that tonight, Mitchell. Uh, Anything else you wanted to share? Uh, No. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Calling all the way from Mississippi, uh, talking about New Hampshire State House. Apparently, probably going to move for the Free State Project. It is definitely national news. There's a lot Hmm. here, Um, you know. In terms of, let's see, we we have someone who has uh, transitioned from male to female, who has moved from Laconia to Nashua, which I'm not sure which is more traumatic um, myself, <laughs> uh, but she's uh, been convicted of credit card fraud. Uh, and the caller, Mitchell, you said, yeah. uh, mentioned that uh, she's also on SSI. I'm not sure if she's on SSDI or SSI, but there's a, a great furor that this 28-year-old person um, is collecting benefits and saying that she's unable to work while she's um, holding down two 
two state jobs, political offices, mm. and also volunteering on What's top of that. What's the second job? Um, I don't have that in front of me. I can mm-hmm. find that at Certainly the break. a state rep. And, you know, I mean, if you can go do the work of the state rep, you could do a lot of clerical type work. Uh, absolutely. And it does make one wonder. You know, uh, this, okay, for the new, the, the next non-PC thing Mark's going to say for the evening is, if you're going to have votes in a government, I don't think anybody who receives any kind of government benefit, whether that government benefit is uh, SSI, whether it's a government paycheck, um, whether you work for a company that has a government contract, whether you receive, uh, you know, Social Security as a retirement benefit. If you're a lawyer. Whether, uh, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, You're saying they shouldn't be able to run for office. Any of, right? No, not 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 to have a vote. I think that the government should represent the taxpayers, the people who are a quote unquote so property net, owners net benefit to uh, the the government itself. That's the organization. So should it only go back to property owners or anyone who's like paid a gas tax? I don't know about uh, toilet paper tax. Prop, I, but there's a t- toilet paper tax, sales tax. Uh, Not in New Hampshire. New, sales tax doesn't go to uh, the federal government. Um, are you only talking about the federal government? You don't mean that, like, yeah, state I'm, state, I'm, my interest is peaked. I'm, state, I'm interested to know more about Mark's sure, restrictions on who can. If I'm, Mark were king. <laughs> well, if I were king, many people would vote. Let's go to the phones. The first thing I'm going to do is get rid of all those duplicate uh, names of uh, cities because that makes me sick. Milan, New Hampshire. Lebanon, New Hampshire. I, I, you can't come up with your own names? Let's go to Nick in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, listening to WNMT. Hey, Nick. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, what's uh, on your mind? I just was going to make a comment, like, I mean, I'm pro-suicide to a point, if you think about it, what? and assisted suicide. I, I'm totally cool with Dr. Kevorkian and whatnot. Yeah. But what I think you guys are missing the point on is that when you join the military, you sign all your rights away. They own you. So if you're on active duty and you commit suicide, then I can see how they could view it as a crime. Like, I mean, I totally... Breach of, from, from, the spirit, from the spirit of a breach of contract, sure. And that's why I'm surprised, honestly, that the military has not pursued it from that avenue yet. Going after it as a self-injury? No, it's I, that's coming out of, like, equipment, which I, I guess I can see, too. But I'm really surprised that they didn't go the avenue. But they give honorable discharges to people that are successful. Successful. Why would you give an honorable discharge to a soldier that's successful? And, um, I agree that, too. I mean, I'm on the same page. It doesn't make sense. But it's like, if you're on active duty and you do it, I mean, they own you. Well, like I mean, that's the reason I'm not in the military. Sure, sure. I, I got you. I, I got you on that point. I, I I do get you. But what if they abuse you? I mean, I, I would assume that the military. Do. I don't know what the suicide rates are for civilians in the same age brackets, and I think that's an important thing to note. But if they're higher in the military, and I get the impression from articles that say that uh, you know there's more uh, U.S. soldiers uh, committing suicide than are dying on battlefields. Um, then what that says to me is whatever the conditions are that the military has they're mistreating they're mistreating their their soldiers or their property i don't think i mean we're not cut out for some of the stuff they that we see you know as americans in their normal daily life i mean when they go overseas and see that stuff you know i've had several buddies in there i mean that post-traumatic all that stuff is a major they come back you can't unsee Mm. it and i I mean that's very cliche to say but it changes you as a person forever Um, um two of my very good friends were over in um Desert Storm, and they came back, and they were not not the same. Mm. They were fundamentally changed, and and it was like the people I had known were weren't there anymore. Wow, that's. I mean, really I got the scary. internet, and then seeing some of the stuff I've seen on the interwebs, I can't unsee, and that's messed me up. I couldn't imagine going overseas and seeing you know real life stuff, right? In real life, yeah. As your government's property. 
but that's the issue. I believe, like, when you sign up, you are government property, so yep. they have the I mean, they can do anything they want with you. Like I said, I totally if a if a person. I mean, I love Schopenhauer and whatnot, but if a man thinks about it or a woman thinks about suicide and they contemplate it and they choose it, I see nothing wrong with it. I don't see it as a crime at no, all. I agree. I, I, you know, you make a good point yep. that it is, you know, from that breach of contract, you've signed your life over to them, so how dare you try That's to take it issue. from them? I mean, I, so I, I, after your four years and you do it, it should not be an issue, but while you're under the contract, I mean, you signed it, man. I mean, that's. Yeah, but the problem is the monopoly aspect. The government's the only organization that is allowed because the government is the only organ will only let themselves be the only organization that's allowed to treat soldier to to treat employees the way they treat soldiers, sailors, marines, and air air people. Most everybody else can get out of the contracts that they sign. There's usually some sort of exit clause, but uh, not so with the military. Thanks for the call, Nick. Appreciate it. More coming up. You take control at eight five five four fifty free. It's free talk live. Puke in the Gang, the podcast for grumpy young men, brings you issues. We are talking about raping babies. I love Nazis. Beast Jesus. News. New York shuts down vibrator giveaway. Here's a fun story out of uh, Spain. El Correo. No, wait, that's a newspaper. Personal stories. I kicked a windshield once because I was angry. I just got annoyed and I wanted to die. I know all the words to getting jiggy with it. I have a horribly tiny penis. Responsible journalism. I'm drinking my liquor. When we do the show, we're generally drunk. Puke in the Gang.com. And cake. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, bring up anything you would like. 855-450-FREE, the Sankel CAI toll-free line. 1-855-450-3733 with you in studio tonight. It's Ian. Nemi. And Mark. We've been talking about the military and suicide, two uh, things that appear to go together hand in hand these days uh, with epidemic levels of suicides, both in and out of the military, meaning uh, military veterans are uh, killing themselves as well as people that are active duty and they don't know quite what to do about it. Of course, here's a hint. You could always end all of these insane wars that are going on and stop putting people in harm's way unnecessarily. That would probably help. Uh, But until then, you can pretty much count that people are going to continue to see horrible things and be a part of horrible things and therefore want to not be around anymore to have to contemplate that uh, those horrible things into the future. See no other way out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Nemi, you wanted to share with us a related story because we were talking about how these judges in the military court, the highest level appeals court in the military, are looking at this issue of should prosecutors in the military be going after these people? Meaning that if you fail at your suicide, should they prosecute you for it? Right. And that's what's happening. People are being prosecuted for failing at suicide. And the judges were debating whether or not that should continue on or whether or not it's even their place to make that decision. Uh, so odds are good they're probably not going to make that decision, but we don't know yet what's going to pan out. And it led to the, the kind of the question of, well, you know, should the military be compassionate? And should they? Is it even an organization that can that, they be? Yeah, should should have uh, compassion in sort of its mission statement. I, I don't. I don't think it does for starters. Um, and I, I think that no. um, they in treat my, people like they're just throwaway. Right, their equipment, tissue. Well, their to equipment. some extent, they, they the the intention is to toughen individuals, right? And one would have to ask: Is it possible to be compassionate while toughening? 
people. Certainly. And I don't know if that's possible. And I don't know if, uh, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. I think the fundamental problem, um, one of the fundamental problems that the military faces is the fact that it actually makes it impossible for you to quit or very difficult for you to quit. So that's a huge problem. There you've got the problem with, you know, people trying, people who do not want to be there. They only are going to cause morale problems, attempt to commit suicide. Why would you want those people in your ranks? Why would you want to hire some? Why would you hire somebody for your business who then proceeds to urinate all over the floor or insult your customers or destroy the, you know, the, the displays? I mean, you would not want that person around. And similarly, you wouldn't want somebody who was going to poison your other, you know, the mindsets of the other people there. But to your point about toughening people, it's, you know, the basic training part that's supposed to toughen them. And if you, you know, and that works to some extent, right? You know, they're going to get physically strong. They're going to be, you know, told what to do and they're going to respond and all that. But then eventually the the breaking part happens later on, right? So the, you know, these people that are commit, committing suicide, I, I wonder how many of them are in basic training versus over in Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever yeah. it is that they're fighting versus, you know, in the, in the VA. Uh, I don't imagine there's as many suicides during basic training because you haven't seen the horrors of war yet. Uh, it's at that tough. Point. And I imagine some people want to go home once they get there and, uh, and if you don't make it out of basic, you're not you're not going to be deployed. So it's quite possible to get kicked out of basic. It's pretty easy to get kicked out of basic. Actually, so I get what you're saying about the toughening people up, but I think the compassionate the, the compassion should come on the other side. I mean, I don't think there should be a military, but you know, if, if it's going to exist, people should at least show compassion to people that need to be shown compassion. And at at the point at which these tough guys break down. Uh, then that's it's over for them at that point. I, I don't think that you know once they're broken uh, individuals. I don't think that you're going to toughen them right back no, up. I would. Oh, I absolutely agree. Right. With that. I would agree. And I think further to your point, Ian, as if I'm I'm an employer and I have someone peeing on the floor. If I'm not able to fill that spot. If I don't have someone else that can can fill that employee's position, I may need a, a warm body who's peeing on the floor to to get me to the next day of business. And and <laughs> I don't think so. You know, not, I know it's I know it's a stretch. I, you would you would shut it down, but shut the you know, down you can find the right but people. that's not that's not how the military operates. And yeah. the military is not you know um, someone in in chat uh, at the LRN chat. Um, mentioned this, and I saw it myself too. Is lies on the on the part of recruiters? Oh know, yeah, promises yeah. and broken promises. And you know, you're 16, 17, 18 years old sometimes when you're going in to talk to these people about the promise for your future, and they give you a song and dance, and you sign up, and you go find out what it's really like, and and you want out because somebody lied to you. That, you don't get out because someone lied to you. And that comes back to compa- uh, compensation. Uh, compensation is, uh, you know, if 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 somebody can go through the military and spend six years in special forces or something like that, and you know, one of these elite uh, cadres get out, join um, one of these you know military contracting organizations, and get paid five times what they were getting paid previously, what that says to me is is that they were getting paid less than market value for their work. Mm-hmm. And the only way that you'd be able to do that is by threatening them with jail or mm-hmm. some, treating them like a slave. So th- this, you know, also an interesting um, aspect is I've been told, and I'm not 100% sure the legality of this, but that companies really aren't allowed to give recommendations for employees any longer. The bigger the company, the more likely it is that all you'll be able to say is, is yes, Ian Freeman worked here from this date to this date, and 
That's all they'll tell you. They won't say he was a good employee. Mm. He was surly. He came to uh, work without being shaven um, or, you know, whatever it is that they they won't give you any kind of recommendation at all. But the military has all kinds of designations for your release. There's honorable discharge. There's uh, less than honorable discharge. There's uh, general discharge. There's all kinds of these. Uh, There's dishonorable discharge. So they've got all kinds of uh, ways to be discharged. And I think that that may be um, that may be part of the root of this problem, too, that People are concerned about leaving the military because you could leave the military. All you have to do is basically refuse to work mm-hmm. or, um, you know, depart. <laughs> and and mostly they don't do anything about it. They don't do very much at all about that's people. what we've been told. That's what we've been told by people who have done it. Yes. Now, I don't know. I haven't been there, but that's the evidence that uh, we've got on this side. And so, I mean, it, it's the concern about what is this discharge going to do to the rest of my life? Well, I might as well kill myself. I'm going to get a less than honorable discharge. You know, I mean, if the less than honorable discharge designation is killing people, maybe we should get rid of it. Seems I don't know if that's what's driving people to suicide. But then again, we don't know. We don't have whatever the suicide people notes feel were. trapped. I think Part of it is people feel trapped. I think it's unreasonable to to say that. That is a primary concern of someone who's committing suicide in the military is this the status of their discharge. I don't know what I, I'm going to guess the primary one is uh, the stuff they saw that they can't erase. Right. From- Desperation yeah. will cause people to commit. There's people co- uh, committing suicide stateside too. Desperation will cause people to act in strange ways. And if you give them fewer and fewer outs, you're more likely to create desperation. All right. So, uh, Nemi, what did you want to share with us? I wanted to share with you a New York Times article from June of this year uh, where Leon Panetta was, was speaking about uh, suicide prevention in the military. Um, I'll start with a quote from Cynthia Smith, uh, the Defense Department spokeswoman at the time, said the Pentagon had sought to remind commanders that those who seek counseling should not be stigmatized. This is a troubling issue, and we are committed to getting our service members the help they need, she said. I want to emphasize that getting help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. Now, this is a woman saying this um, who works for the Defense Department. Um, but that I, I, the getting help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength is not um, generally the, the view taken by anyone, especially the military. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a letter to military commanders in May, Defense Secretary Leon Panetta said that, quote, suicide prevention is a leadership responsibility and added that commanders and supervisors cannot tolerate any actions that belittle, haze, humiliate or ostracize any individual, especially those who require or are responsibly seeking professional services. But veterans Which groups, suggests that that's going on, uh, right? That veterans people are groups, being made fun of and such. Oh, sure. Well, that's, that's, that can be said of civilian life as well. Um, veterans groups said um, in response that the Pentagon had not done enough to moderate the tremendous stress under which combat troops live, including coping with multiple deployments. Quote, it is clear that the military at the level of the platoon, the company and the battalion, that these things are not being addressed on a compassionate and understanding basis, said Bruce Perry, chairman of the Coalition of Veterans Organizations, a group based in Illinois. They need to stand, understand on a much deeper level the trauma the troops are facing. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want here, and we'll continue. Military and compassion, can they be mixed? Sounds like some people want that to happen. One eight five five four fifty free. What's your experience and thoughts? Share them. Free talk live. 
Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at Mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us online, of course, at freetalklive.com. Got a mobile site for you. You can go there to get quick access to our live streams over at m.freetalklive.com. M as in mobile dot freetalklive.com like the rest of our website we give it away have you ever wanted to take a complaint to court but you didn't want to spend the money on an attorney i mean attorneys are expensive no kidding um, how to win in court.com is the solution it's a course for people who don't have an attorney or if you do have an attorney it's a way to you know it, it's good to know what your attorney should be doing that way you can check on their work it teaches you the court's rules, and until you know the court's rules, you're fighting in the dark. You're not going to have any chance to win at all. Um, it works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. This is the new and improved jurisdictionary course, if you're uh, familiar with us talking about them in the past, howtowinincourt.com. It's written so the average eighth grader can learn it over the weekend. HowToWinInCourt.com, their brand new website, has all kinds of uh, free tools. Go there, use the free tools, buy the course. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney. It's HowToWinInCourt.com. Once you finish the course, you get an honorary degree of Juris Doctor. It's HowToWinInCourt.com. All right, so 855-450-FREE, that's the toll-free number. We're talking about the military and compassion. Is it possible for the two to mix? Well, some in the military apparently think that uh, it should. It should be possible that they should right. at least give a nod towards compassion in instances where people are being absolutely broken as human beings and uh, still expected to, you know, be seen as this bit tough as nails badass. And I'm sorry that, you know, once you get to that point, uh, my you know, and I can't understand it. Thankfully, I've never had to go through these things. But from my observation, once you get to the point of being broken, like uh, many of these men, that you know, there's no coming back from that. I have uh, another interesting statistic here from the executive director of Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. It said suicides among active duty mil- military personnel are the tip of the iceberg. He cited a survey that group conducted this year. This is 2012. Among its 160,000 members, that found that 37 percent knew someone who had committed suicide. Hmm. Wow. That's just, it's mind-boggling. It, it, it's, it's an epidemic, and they, you know, they've used that term, and I think it's an overused term in our society, but it's an epidemic. And then there's the question of what to be done about it, or what is exacerbating the problem. Um, this uh, spokesperson, the executive director of the Iraq and Afghanistan's Veterans of America, attributed the rise in military suicides to too few qualified mental health professionals aggravated by the stigma of receiving counseling and further compounded by family stresses and financial problems. I read an article not that long ago in time about um, the the weight that the military folks who have come back to the United States face when they're dealing with the VA. I remember as a, as a kid, 
Uh, my dad, retired Army, never wanted to deal with the VA. He either went to base or he didn't go or he went to a private private person. He did not want to deal with the Veterans Administration at all. Um, and I just really think that, that this is this is the, the biggest problem here is that the people who want help are not able to get it. Um, from the military. From, from the military. Or the, In a lot of cases, we've heard about uh, how people with PTSD – after you know being in the military and experiencing horrible traumatic things, uh, that the military will then determine that oh well you've had that yeah, you, you had that before you you joined the military pre-existing so, conditions yeah, yeah that's a pre-existing yeah. PTSD so therefore we don't have to pay for that oh yeah we know you saw terrible things and everything while you were in the military but we've di- we've diagnosed you appropriately and determined that you had this prior to joining so therefore uh, we're denying you coverage denying you the benefits we told you you'd have for your whole no. life and, and I've heard- it, 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 I'm sorry to interrupt Mark I just think that it, that is coming more from a money standpoint because it's just if this is the level that that they're looking at dealing with on a on a medical treatment level that they're just not a they're not able to meet the demand and b they're not able to afford. To I don't meet believe the it. Demand. I mean, they got all kinds of money. It can't be. A, can it really be a money issue? Well, I do think that they have. Uh, you know, they have a budget they crunch, do. but they don't have. Uh, they they have what they have is a confusion crunch? in their budgets or priorities. Right. They, they just don't understand priorities because they're not worked out properly. Yeah. The bigger the organization, the less efficient it's going to run. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, big organization. Also, the less accountable the organization, the less efficiently it's going to run. The military, all you have to do is ask somebody who's been in the military, is it a highly inefficient organization? Oh, yeah. So they they'll tell you about all the waste they saw. They yeah. don't allocate uh, you know, money towards these areas the right way. Now, we've talked to a lot of people who have had a lot of experience that were positive. Positive with the VA. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to a lot of people that have had negative experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this doesn't, this isn't necessarily, um, you know, saying that every VA experience is going to be a horrifying one. But if you have a ba- enough bad experiences with the VA, you're going to stop going. Even dealing with medical care on base as a kid. Um, when I was I was covered under the umbrella of my dad's care, it was you were still very much a number, um, and mm. this is one of the primary reasons I'm opposed to government operated healthcare because I saw government you it. I, I saw government operated healthcare, and I was not impressed with it, um, and and just dealing with my medical my medical interactions with doctors, my my family, um, I I just don't think that. Um, the priority is put on the soldiers who are coming home. I've said on this show before, completely aside from the the basis of taxation and war, I think principally speaking, anyone who serves in the military should be screened for PTSD when they come home. I, I don't think mm-hmm. that to necessarily taxpayer dollars should be going to fund it, but I think it should. I just think principally, it's the responsible thing to do because these guys are going over and they're seeing things and doing things that they can't deal with, and coming home and ha- finding absolutely no support. Yeah. And this is what what it comes to. And I think that's just a tragedy myself. I feel like I might have been too negative earlier when I said that, you know, they can't get better from being broken. I I don't think that's necessarily true. I think you can probably heal. I think in a lot of cases it is true. I I think that you can, you can, you know, you don't have to be stuck in despair. You can certainly try to, you know, work toward healing yourself on that. But ultimately, you'll never be the person you once were. Certainly, that's true. And I don't uh, think you'll ever be the soldier again. you don't get to erase those things. And and that's true as well. Yeah. You know, if I think you can come back from it and there's a lot of evidence. You can live a productive life. You can, you know, Things can get better for you. But I don't think you can be a soldier 
properly, um, you know, in the same way that you could before. That, that's no, definitely true. And I'm I'm not sure I agree with you necessarily, Ian, because I've seen I've personally seen friends who are, are very, very affected by. You've had friends take their lives. Yeah. Point, right? Yep. From from their experiences and what they've seen. You know, I don't know that I would handle seeing burning body parts in a wheelbarrow for as long as my friend did. Yeah. You know, and that's not even the, the the major things that affected him so much. Most of his things included kids, you know, and seeing kids die over there. Um, but it's I hard just to drop bombs and not kill kids. You know, I understand, yeah. and so I don't. I don't envy the 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 decision. I don't. But I think it's important. Um, they don't realize what they're getting into either, right? No. Because you're dealing with uh, teenagers who are the recruits. These these young guys are 17, 18 years old when they're being recruited. They're fresh out of high school or they're fresh off the football field or fresh from behind uh, a computer screen where they're icing their buddies on you know some first-person shooter. Ponin noobs. Uh, you know, where you hit the space bar and you respawn mm. uh, yeah. on the level. 855-450-FREE. And none of that can prepare anybody for you know the real life horror of actual combat and the other things that go along with it the terrible you know inhumane things that people do to one another in war situations 855-450-FREE they just don't know what to expect dvd books music instruments periodicals computers software electronics photo cell phone office products home and garden bed and bath furniture kitchen pet supplies automotive hardware apparel shoes jewelry grocery healthcare, sports and outdoors toys games used and more it's a department store at your fingertips shop.freetalklive.com get all your shopping done get a great deal and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit free talk live when you enter amazon via shop.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves here at 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us online over at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features on the site. We give them away. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video, which prove that they are listeners of the program. You can see what I mean by going to shrine.freetalklive.com and get details on the top of the website or top of the page there as to how to become a member of the Shrine if you are a lady listener of Free Talk Live. So go to shrine.freetalklive.com. The having has occurred. The having what time? has occurred. What time was it? It was earlier today in the morning time. Uh, the Bitcoin? Yeah, yeah the, the Bitcoin mining having thing. Meaning mining just got half more as difficult? That much more difficult? Half as profitable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you call that more difficult or not, but it's half as profitable as it was yesterday. You would have to mine twice as much in order to mine as much as you would have yesterday? Well, it's to have as many chances to uh, earn bitcoins, as I understand it. Um, I'm not 100% sure how the mining thing works. It's not something that I'm into. but uh, You don't have to mine bitcoins to have bitcoins and to engage in transactions with bitcoins. This is something that a very small percentage of bitcoin people do. In the same way, you don't have to work for the Federal Reserve and print money in order to have cash. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know. That bitcoins is an online peer-to-peer open-source currency that allow people to send and receive money on the internet without having to pay any fees. They allow virtual, uh, you know, at least potential anonymity if you uh, wish to uh, use them in that way, and they give you complete control of your money. I think bitcoins are a brown groundbreaking uh, technology, but. 
you know, there's some excitement today in the the Bitcoin world because those that mine Bitcoins are it, it has been halved the amount of money that uh, one will mine if one mines Bitcoins. Now, why is this relevant to the average Bitcoiner? I mean, it's obviously, not. this is something that uh, is going to upset, I would think, a lot of the miners out there because now they're well, they knew half it was the coming. Return uh, that they were getting before. But why, you know, I thought this was relevant to the average person because it, sh- it indicates something. Well, I, it was a prediction of mine that uh, prices would increase as a result, supply, demand. We haven't seen any movement in prices. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's, uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to see it come a little later. I don't know if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, it's a prediction I made. And, you know, if you listen to predictions, people on the radio, good luck to you. I, <laughs> I uh, believe that it was going to go up and I still am holding out hope that it's going to go up. I'm continuing. I am well invested in bitcoins any it could go down any recommendations i make i am thoroughly invested in so um you know there you go i pay a little bit of attention i sincerely hope they go up but at this point we haven't seen any real upward motion we saw mm-hmm. them at uh, twelve fifty um in the last few days and they're at twelve thirty five right now so, they're so down well if you call 15 cents down yeah. they're pretty volatile and they move around so i wouldn't call that i don't call that down are you gonna buy some more bitcoins I don't need to buy any more bitcoins. I'm thoroughly invested in bitcoins. I see. No, I, I'm not going to buy any more bitcoins. I need to. We get paid in bitcoins here at Free Talk Live, so I don't need to buy them. You already have some coming in. Uh, we have them yeah. coming in. Uh, what I have to decide is how many of them am I going to sell in order to turn to cash, turn mm-hmm. into cash, so I can pay things like mortgages and like power bills. Gotcha. So. All right. So if people want to learn more about Bitcoins, they should go to WeUseCoins.org. Well, uh, I think that the best place to go is to go to Bitcoin.FreeTalkLive.com. We've turned that into a bit of a clearinghouse as far as... Uh, there's some useful links there. That's what you mean by clearinghouse. Oh, yeah, there's some useful links. And then there's more links to investigate further um, if you want to you know, continue to investigate. There you go. I think that uh, Bitcoins are, you know, they're an amazing invention. They're an online currency. So there you go. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. I feel like we've uh, we've pretty much run this military topic through its yeah. uh, its course here. Certainly, you're welcome to add to it with your experiences, uh, your thoughts. 855-450-FREE. And other news, uh, since we've kind of got the international flavor here thus far, uh, the Tahrir Square has filled with people. Hundreds of thousands of them. Wow. And the, the photos are, uh, are pretty striking. Uh, hundreds of thousands of people in one place would be striking. Yeah, the hundreds of thousands of protesters, this according to theglobeandmail.com, called for the ouster of Egypt's first freely elected president on Tuesday, descending on Cairo's Tahrir Square in a scene reminiscent of the height of last year's Egyptian revolution. Chanting many of the same refrains they did in 2011, such as, The people demand the downfall of the regime. Roughly 200,000 activists and citizens from across the spectrum of Egyptian society took to the square. The gathering reflected the increasing polarization of the country's politics between supporters of President Mohamed Morsi's Muslim Brotherhood and almost every opposition group in Egypt. Many demonstrators also appeared to shift the focus of their anger to Mr. Morsi himself rather than the series of controversial decrees issued by the president last week. The orders render Mr. Morsi's decisions immune to court challenges until the country's new constitution is drafted and grant the same immunity from court oversight to the Islamist-dominated body drafting the constitution. Mr. Morsi and his supporters described the move as temporary but necessary, which is always the excuse (laughs) for more power. Whenever government bureaucrats aggregate... uh, power to themselves they always claim 
Well, I really didn't want to have to do this, but it's necessary. I'm sorry. Martial but I just, law is necessary. Right, we, we need to have these powers at this time. But don't worry. We'll relinquish them later on. Well, generally... Because um, they always do in, that, right? In U.S. history, generally that's the case. They do relinquish much of the power. But they always keep a little more than they had prior to the taking of the power. And I don't know how it's going to go in... Maybe historically, but recently that hasn't been the case. Yeah, it hasn't It hasn't really been the case, you know, since 9-11. Bush aggregated more power to himself. Barack Obama yep. aggregated more power to himself. Yep. And none of them said, you know, this was a really bad idea. Let's uh, release, release this power. Well, they never claim it's a bad idea. They claim it yeah. uh, is necessary. You know, yeah. but, but Lincoln did all kinds of terrible things during the... Um, unconstitutional things during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. But... Many people would claim, oh, well, it was necessary. And the size of the military dramatically shifted after the Civil War. I mean, the, all kinds of people were let go. Custer, who was killed at uh, you know Little Bighorn, he was – I don't – please don't hold me to this. But he was demoted from like a general or a colonel to down to like a captain. I think it was a sergeant. No, it couldn't have been – he wouldn't have gone out um, to an enlisted – um, and we can look at I'll look, look that it up. up. Uh, but, you know, he went it was a dramatic drop yeah. in rank. And, uh, you know, it was so I mean, you know, there there was shrinkage even after World War Two, after World War One, after World War Two, there was shrinkage in the size of government, size of the military. What's well, interesting looking at this uh, case and we'll tell you more about it here in a moment. But there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, talk in this country about the secession petitions. Right. That uh, these people, oh, look at these darn, darn Republicans. They're so angry that their man lost that they're just they're signing these petitions to secede. They want to secede. Their guy lost. This is terrible. Uh, there's a lot of talk about that. But look at what they're doing in, in you know, Cairo in comparison. I mean, in, in Egypt, people are taken to the streets. I mean, they're upset about this election and they are taken to the streets over it in, in you know, numbers in the hundreds of thousands. And the American electorate. Well, they can they can be bothered to sign a petition, but to do anything beyond that, of course, would be, well, a little bit too uh, inconvenient. I mean, can't possibly miss a, a day of work or uh, you know, miss the football game that might be on that afternoon. I mean, just the, the level of dedication to people and what they actually believe in in other countries seems to be a whole lot more there. Mm. Uh, and we've talked about... Um uh, you know, hear the amount of uh, executive orders that uh, have gone on for different uh, presidents. And, um, you know, the the idea is, is that uh, I've heard Barack Obama has significantly more uh, executive orders than the presidents that have, uh, um, you know, preceded him. But, you know, you don't see Americans reacting in that way. Nope. Opponents see it as a power grab that gives Mr. Morsi arguably more control than his authoritarian predecessor, Hosni Mubarak. With the constitution of the Arab world's most populous nation and a crucial U.S. ally at stake, many of Mr. Morsi's detractors fear the Islamist president could set the country off the course of democracy, undoing Egypt's 22-month-old revolution. Mr. Mor- and, uh, and what I saw last night, the captions of one of the pictures of this huge swarm of people uh, occupying Tahrir Square was that they plan on occupying the square until this uh, regime, as they call it, steps down. So this is a pretty serious uh, call for support in this yeah. movement. 855-450-FREE, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, whereas the, the calls for secession seem to have petered out after a week in the U.S. I doubt these folks are going to peter out after a few days there. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877 This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we give to you on the site. Uh, news updates are included, so you can go to news.freetalklive.com, and that's where you can sign up for our emailed updates. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook, whatever your preference. Uh, one of those three options should fit you. Uh, so go to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up there. Again, news.freetalklive.com. Our number here, again, is 855 855- 450 free. We're discussing what's going on as we speak, apparently, over in Tahrir Square. I saw this story last night on uh, what clued me into it was Facebook. You know, it's my love hate relationship with Facebook. I I hate it that I spend so much time on Facebook, but every now and then I find really useful really things on stories, there yeah. and that I might not have otherwise seen uh, because this is not you know, the headline on the Drudge Report. This is not the top picture on the Drudge Report. In fact, I don't even know if it's being mentioned there. Uh, how much news media is covering this in the U.S., I don't know. Uh, but there, it's certainly being covered on the international scene, and that is that there are a approximately 200,000 people who have gathered in Tahrir Square in uh, in Egypt to protest their frustration with this uh, power grab by Mr. Morsi, who is apparently the new president of Egypt. They claim he was democratically elected, but obviously some people are pretty upset about that. And unlike the American uh, citizenry who have signed petitions in support of secession, which of course many of those petitions are actually begging to have permission to secede, they're not actually saying that we will secede. Uh, they're just, you know, kind of groveling and hoping that uh, the president will give them the authority to leave. Uh, so there's, you know, a, a stark contrast and difference there between what one group of protesters is doing versus another. And of course, a lot of people signing the secession petitions really, I don't think, would have cared whether it was Romney who won or Obama who won. That's that's why I signed. I don't care who wins. Well, I don't know. I can't uh, speak to the, uh, you know, the, the the mindset of everybody who who signed these. I wouldn't claim to do that at I all. I know everybody I know that signed them uh, wouldn't have cared who won the presidential election. We kind of live in a uh, a bit of an echo chamber. Chamber, Ian. I mean, we live, work, and often do business with uh, people who uh, have moved for the Free State Project and believe the ideas of liberty. I don't think you can say that. Well, I didn't say most of the signers were one way or another. I just said a lot of them uh, probably don't care either way. Okay. Uh, I don't care either way. Yeah. So back to the story here, though, about the people in Tahrir Square. Uh, again, it's happening right now. And I checked on the story today, and, and they apparently are still there. Uh, the Power grab, according to Mr. Morsi, the country's new president, was absolutely necessary. Temporary, but necessary, he says, uh, and his supporters say that. They claim they want to protect the goals of the Egyptian revolution and ensure the constitution-crafting process isn't sidelined by loyalists of the previous Egyptian regime. Opponents see it as a power grab that gives Morsi more control than his authoritarian predecessor, Hosni Mubarak, 
With its constitution of the Arab world's most populous nation at stake, many of his detractors fear that he could set the country off course of democracy, undoing the 22-month-old revolution. His meeting with some of the country's top judges on Monday appeared to lay the groundwork for some uh, form of compromise over the decrees, but there's still much confusion over what Mr. Morsi actually promised the the judiciary. The central issue of discussion between the president and the judges is Mr. Morsi's apparent promise to use his unchecked powers only in matters of sovereignty. Some have taken that to mean only matters related directly to the drafting of the Constitution, but the precise definition remains unclear. While Tahrir Square itself remained packed but peaceful on Tuesday, sporadic violence broke out in some of the side streets connecting to the square. I can't imagine it wouldn't. I mean, when you have people there, uh, you know, in a, a hundred, hundreds of thousands of people. Some in one cops going to show up in plain clothes and throw a bottle well, or start a fight. It could be. Or people people are passionate enough to get out there and to, to hear yep. square. I, look, I consider any infringement on my liberties to be a threat to my life. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, your liberty is your life. And if you don't have that, you you don't really have a life. So I, I can see why people would react that way. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is a frightening thing. Supposedly, they had an election so that they could have a leader who would abide by the rules or whatever. And they look, they feel like they're going to get back what they just got rid of. All right. The dude comes into office and then declares himself, uh, you know, un- God king. You can't help that you can't hurt this guy. That the that- judge can't catch, uh, touch him but his his explanation is understandable when he makes it and so that's what you know makes this kind of tough to deal with i don't know where to look where to where to look at on this one um you know his claim is is that the you've got these old mubarak judges uh Hosni mubarak the previous dictator appointed these judges and so these judges are sta- basically standing in the way mm-hmm. of him having any progress um in you know allowing democracy to, to actually take root by democracy he means him having dictatorial power. Right. So the wannabe dictator is saying, oh, these judges are just in my way. I want to help everybody. I just want to help everybody, but I just can't do it without well, having total absolute power. Well, I mean, and if you if the judiciary you're confused over- as to where to stand on this. I mean, oh, no. aggregating power to one individual is a problem. I'm not confused. I, I, my, my claim is, is that it's difficult to evolve yourself towards liberty. Do you understand? They're using the same governmental structure. All they did was kick out the guy who claimed yeah. the presidency as his own for 40 years and then took another guy comes in and he says, well, I'll leave in four years. But oh, the rest of the corrupt system is still in place. Well, in the meantime, protesters near Mohammed Mahoud Street, the site of a demonstration that predates Mr. Morsi's decrees by four days, threw rocks at security forces who responded with tear gas canisters. Outside Cairo, the violence in some regions was more acute. According to the Muslim Brotherhood, some of the organization's offices were torched by anti-Morsi demonstrators. In Mahala, Nile Delta, a Nile Delta city, uh, supporters and opponents of the president engaged in skirmishes that left dozens injured. The confrontation slowed or showed little sign of dissipating anytime soon, as both the Muslim Brotherhood and its opponents have more demonstration planned for later this week. Many worried that Tuesday's violence would be far worse, but Brotherhood officials decided to cancel a rival rally that might have ended in a confrontation with Tahrir demonstrations. As street protests over the decrees enter their sixth day, Mr. Morsi appears caught in a bind. By refusing to back down, he risks further galvanizing his opponents and mm-hmm. sparking more protests. Yeah. But if he does concede, he could come across as politically weak yeah. and lose support among his Islamist base. 
During Tuesday's protest in Tahrir, members of myriad political parties could be seen organizing marches and waving placards as the chants ringing out through the square shifted from cries against the decrees to calls for Mr. Morsi himself to step down. The Muslim Brotherhood showed few signs of backing down, instead painting the demonstrators who showed up in Tahrir Square as supporters of Mr. Mubarak looking to derail the country's revolution. Quoting Mr. Morsi's spokesman, the Brotherhood's official Twitter account posted a note saying there would be no turning back. Decree is staying. Those not willing to reach a point of stability will be held accountable to God and history. (laughs) If you don't support our candidate, God doesn't like you. Yep. God. Yeah. Oh, boy. He gets, God gets all the blame in these situations, doesn't he? And the credit, everybody, depending on which right. side you look and, at. And everybody holds up their version of God and vote for, if you don't vote for my God, you're evil. It just makes, It can't be the same guy, right? I uh, mean, no. if both sides are praying that they, they win, praying to God that they win this war, are they praying to the same guy? Well, I'm sure the other side believes they're play, praying to uh, the devil. The right, the right God. I don't know. Your thoughts are certainly welcome as uh, history continues to unfold over in Egypt. Six days now, apparently, uh, these street protests have been going on. I don't know at what point they reached 200,000 people, but that's hard to really envision for me. I oh, mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's a, a big, big protest. That's huge. I mean, 200,000 people is larger than most cities uh, in, in America. I mean, that's larger than the city of Manchester, the population of Manchester, New Hampshire. There's no city in New Hampshire that has 200,000 people in well, it. Well, you don't get to see a city all together at once. And what, I'm, right. what it makes me think of is like a football game. And when you think about a stadium, it's Even usually, then, you're probably looking at what, 50,000? 60, yeah. 60? 50 or 60,000 is what fits in a stadium. Yeah. So the quantity of people that are in four football stadiums, mm. that's a lot. Of, I mean, I, if, if you've ever been to one of these things and seen them, I mean, it's just a lot of people. It is uh, tremendous to look at, and uh, it's, it's a level of involvement that you just don't see here. I mean, for anything. The million whatever march, the million fill in the blank. There have been a bunch of these since there was the original one. It was the million uh, man the, march. The million man, man march, march. Right. and even that I think only had like a hundred thousand or which or is a tremendous which, out. Uh, you know, which I mean, is way the more. The only problem yeah. with the million man march was that they build it as a million man march. Yeah. I mean, getting a hundred thousand people out to your protest is incredible. But ever getting since two then, dozen people out to your protest is incredible. Right. Ever since then, nothing has has come close to the million man march. I mean, the million man march was the most successful million fill in the blank that I think has has occurred uh here if i'm wrong please uh clarify let me know 855-450-FREE that's the SACL cai toll free line but usually any other million whatever we're going to march on uh dc turns into a few hundred folks or maybe a few thousand uh at most 855-450-FREE then again why bother going to dc and marching at all because it's not like the politicians care. care more coming up hour three's next you take control free talk live a science fiction comic adventure from Big Head Press. Quantum Vibe. It's year 2523. There are colonies on Venus, Mars, and Mercury. People travel in bubbles, fly at hyperspeed. With brain implants and artificial gravity. A scientific genius and his clever assistant set out on an adventure through the solar system. On a secret mission to find the key to access new frontiers and save liberty. There's a robot girl and zany creatures Made with genetically engineered features And corporate villains crave the opportunity To steal a profit 
This is Free Talk Live. You may bring up what you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have on the site. You get to control the content. The stuff that you see on the front page as you scroll down are all items submitted by listeners like you. And if you find something online that you think we'll enjoy or our listeners would enjoy, you submit it as show prep, and then it appears on the the upcoming stories page where it must receive a certain number of votes to make it to the front page of the site where more people will see it and we're more likely to see it and talk about it. So go to freetalklive.com to get interactive. Uh, and our number here again, the best way to interact with the show is on the phone, 855-450-FREE. As we continue here, Mark, there were two stories that you mentioned to me before we started the show out tonight. And I know the one you want to talk about the oh, most yes. is the Bigfoot story. So maybe we'll get to the porn star one here in a little bit. Uh, but the Bigfoot story is something you're kind of an obsessee with the Bigfoot thing, uh, right? Obsessee might be pushing it, but I... Do you I have want... any books, any Bigfoot books at home? I do. You Okay. Yeah. I don't have I don't a bunch of pushing them. It. I think it's interesting. All right. I, I mean, maybe you're not an obsessee. How about Fanatic? I, I I find it interesting. That's all I'm willing Have to say. Have you ever gone out on your 11 acres and looked for evidence of the Bigfoot? Um, when I'm ever I'm out, I look at the ground for mm-hmm. any evidence of anything. I see. Um, you know, I mean, I've found hoping things. to find a large footprint, perhaps. Nope. No, I haven't. I mean, I haven't gone out looking for that. It's cold out there. No, I see. Yeah, I don't go out there. No, it's not always that. cold out there. No, I, I I have not done that. Okay, but you do have Bigfoot books. I have a big, Bigfoot one, book. just one. Yeah, okay. I've got a yeah, Bigfoot you're t-shirt. Not oh, a t-shirt. Uh, it was given to me for my son. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a, a couple of big pieces of Bigfoot memorabilia because people have heard me talk about it. They yeah. kind of send send stuff to me. And I like it. I'm not going to lie. I watched the Animal Planet one, uh, thing mm-hmm. on Bigfoot. So I they like have like it. one of those Bigfoot hunters shows mm-hmm. or something like that? Yep. I like it. I think it's interesting. So, um, And now you've got some evidence, huh? What's going that, on? That's right. DNA, Bigfoot DNA proves... Hairy creature exists. This is from the Huffington Post. Uh, hmm. The Huffington Post here, and it says Bigfoot is real. At least that's what veterinarian Melba S. Ketchum claims after a five-year study of more than 100 DNA samples that she believes come from the elusive hairy beast. Under Ketchum's direction at DNA Diagnostics in uh, this place in Texas, uh, Nacogdoches. Nacogdoches. Was it Nacogdoches? Nacogdoches. What's that mean? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm even pronouncing it right. I don't have the word Nacod- in front of me. Nacogdoches sounds but right. But I believe that's how you A team of uh, research has uh, concluded that the creature may be a, a human relative that somehow developed around 15,000 years ago as a result of a hybrid cross between Homo sapiens and an unknown primate. Um, and, you know, this is just speculation on their part because of the way the DNA was set up. Ketchum's research has yet to stand the scrutiny of independent researchers. This is a problem. Right. Like it hasn't mm-hmm. when it comes to science, it needs to be replicatable. Right. And but I mean, they have done the way they describe their science as having been done. It seems like they have done it in a sciencey fashion. Now, of course, if you're a scientist, a trained scientist, you're going to say that anyway. If you I don't know enough about up. science and DNA to know how one could have a sample of some DNA and discern that that sample has come from a hairy beast, well, you like can, a hairy man beast, which in theory would have very similar DNA to a man. Agreed. And I don't know what distinguishes it either, but I do know that they can tell you um, the genomes. If They, they can map, map the genomes of things that have existed. So they can't say that this comes from a Bigfoot because they don't have Bigfoot DNA. 
But they wait. Can, I thought they did have Bigfoot DNA. They have DNA of something that they believe might be a hybrid cross of a human and a primate from about fifteen thousand years ago. Hmm. Oh, sorry about that, Nemi. Go ahead. So it's not necessarily Bigfoot, but it could be the missing link. Uh, it, uh, they don't know, but, but it's it's interesting, and I think that it only adds fuel to the fire of uh, Bigfoot out there, and I think that uh, a lot of people are very interested in it. I'm confused. Okay. I thought they the, this scientist was claiming to have had Bigfoot DNA. Ian, how would you get Bigfoot DNA if you don't have a Bigfoot? I don't know. That's what I was wondering. That's like, a how headline they... writing fail, I think. How did they I get this? I don't think it's a headline writing fail. It is an indication that the DNA is not from, it isn't chimpanzee DNA. Yeah. It isn't human DNA. It isn't uh-huh. orangutan DNA. It is primate DNA. Where did it come from? They, they and how old is it? Three different samples okay. from different areas. So it's not it. It's the where yep. did they come from? And it, would you like me to read the story? Do you I do to want to hear more about this. to the spot no, I want that to would more. answer the question because I don't know that I can. I didn't know if you were done or not. Go ahead. It's a long article. And so we can you know talk about as much of it as you'd yeah. like. Um, going on here, the... The ongoing research is the subject of the Animal Planet's Finding uh, Bigfoot television series. Um, well, it, uh, it came to me. I didn't uh, go after it, that's for sure, Ketchum said, of the evidence of the Bigfoot's existence in an inclusive interview, exclusive interview with the Huffington Post. I did not believe in these creatures, but my lab did a lot of animal testing, and we did species identification. We didn't have any hits on anything interesting until five years ago. Ketchum's professional work includes nearly 30 years in genetics research and forensics, after her team attempted DNA sequencing of hair samples from an alleged Bigfoot encounter, they found some unusual things in the hair, but there wasn't enough DNA to conclusively verify what they were seeing. DNA Diagnostics received more samples to investigate, including hair, blood, saliva, and urine, all reportedly from various Bigfoot sightings. Ketchum's uh, team consisted of experts in genetics, forensics, imaging, and pathology. The researcher said she believes that over the last five years, the team has successfully found three Sasquatch nuclear genomes, an organism's hereditary code, leading them to suggest that the animal is real and a human hybrid. Ketchum's studies showed that part of the DNA her team sequenced revealed an unknown primate species, she said, which suggests the Bigfoot is a real creature that resulted from this primate crossing with the female Homo sapiens. They're not all of uh, the... Women never have to pay for it, Mark. (laughs) That much is true. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, They are not any of the large apes. They branch off as a separate lineage, Ketchum said. My personal theory is that it it probably branched off and evolved in parallel with the rest of the primate lineage. The overall results um, of Ketchum's study will soon be revealed after a peer-reviewed journal is published. But skeptic Benjamin Radford is dubious about the outcome of this latest attempt. Thank goodness. Yeah. What, that somebody's doing some san- sanity in here? <laughs> well, I, I mean, this this person wasn't doing Bigfoot um, research. A likely story. Oh, it's always that way. What if I told you? <laughs> what if I told you that there is a lar- of a nine foot ape like creature that the uh, the the teeth and jawbones have been found from which the te- teeth and jawbones have been found called Giantopithecus that existed as recently as a hundred thousand years ago. So how does that explain the Bigfoot sightings now? It's an eight or nine foot creature (laughs) that is ape-like. And I I mean, you know, so there's a a reclusive ape-like creature that fits this description that they have 
Reclusive. Is that DNA too? No, nah, I don't know that that's testing the DA. But well, and there was Andre the Giant too. I mean, so just because they have one creature doesn't mean that. What do you mean? That there's only one, one bit of evidence? There are genetic anomalies out there. No, no. I'm sorry. This is a 100,000 year old uh, verifiable. They've got genetic hundreds anomaly. and hundreds of teeth. And they've oh, yeah. got hundreds uh, and hundreds of teeth. They have hundreds of teeth from this creature. Teeth hold up better than the rest of bones do. You're talking about they have more than, more than one creature, you're saying? They have yeah. not that one creature has hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of teeth. That, that's right. The, okay. te- the one creature does not have hundreds of teeth. Yeah. They have hundreds of teeth from these creatures. Mm-hmm. They have uh, several jaw bones, pieces of jaw bones mm-hmm. that have been collected from the giant Epithecus. And so, I mean, the idea that these creatures might not have been found in the large wastelands of, uh, you know, the, the United States, the pristine woodlands that mm-hmm. are out there, doesn't surprise me. What does surprise me is that we haven't been able to find a body from these things. Yeah. That we haven't been able to find poop. We haven't been able to find these things. But apparently... People- People have been looking pretty hard, too. They are looking stuff. hard. There's the no search doubt. is on for Bigfoot poop, Mark. Uh, well, you better believe it is. Bring it. But it, yet somebody claims to have found DNA from got DNA. urine and from what else? They Blood, said- fur. So someone claimed to have found all of these things. Well, if you you're understand that the, the, the skeptics are so skeptical of Bigfoot at this point that you can't do anything but lop off the head of a Bigfoot <laughs> and drag it out and smack him in the face with it like ten times. If you smacked him in the face with it a half a dozen times, they'd say it wasn't true. You have to actually beat them unconscious right. with it. Let's get to what the skeptic has to say here in a moment. 855 He's got nothing of value. That's the SACL CAI. I love working line. here. I really do. You can bring up whatever you want here. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want here. Toll free at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll free line. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features that we share with you on our site. Those features include listening options. We've got a bunch of them. You can tune in to our live streams. We've got three different bandwidth uh, sizes for you. There's broadband, midband, and narrowband versions of the show. Head over to listen.freetalklive.com to find those. Plus, get a list of our over 100 great radio stations across the country on AM and FM that air the show at various times throughout the week. Our XM satellite radio channels that we appear on every single night of the week. And we've also got our alternative satellite listening option, which includes KU Band all across North America, uh, which is our free-to-air channel. In addition, there's our webcam and the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Head to listen.freetalklive.com to learn more. BitInstant.com is the place to go to get your bitcoins. If you're looking to get bitcoins, uh, the online peer-to-peer open source currency that allow you to send and receive money online without having to pay any fees, that give you complete control over your money, unlike uh, bank accounts or uh, whatever, bitinstant.com is the place to do it, to get them. This is the fastest, safest, easiest way to get bitcoins. Bitinstant.com, more than a million locations from at which you can deposit money in more than 30 countries. Bitinstant.com. 
So we're back to Mark's one of Mark's favorite topics, which thankfully we don't talk about very often on Free Talk Live, is the uh, Bigfoot. Um, you know, Mark, before we go on with this, why is this any different than Harp? Why is this any different than any other uh, conspiracy theory besides the fact that it's the one that you're uh, preferential toward? Why is it different than a conspiracy theory? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not a conspiracy theory, but I mean, as far as like the the time-wasting factor, I mean, couldn't somebody say that this is really as irrelevant as uh, claiming that uh, chemicals are being sprayed from planes that are flying through the sky? I okay, so um, the the claim of uh, Bigfoot doesn't really affect in me or my life, um, or yours or your life. Mm-hmm. So if I claim there's a giant hairy, there are two thousand giant uh, primates uh, from you know remnants of a uh, you know lost uh, species called Giantopithecus, Gigantopithecus, um, you know from the Ice Age, roaming about the uh, the the pristine woodlands of the United States, mm-hmm. a large the, the largest amount of the United States, completely just untouched by forests. Um, it doesn't change your life one way or the other. If I'm right, right. Your life is the same as if I'm wrong, right? Right. If you get to find out that this thing exists, if somebody finally catches a real example of it existing, then you'll be, ve- you know, you'll be vindicated. Yay, I win. Right. <laughs> My team won. Um, whereas with Harp or what was the other conspiracy? I've never said, by the way, I don't believe it's possible. Chemtrails. I mean, this whole Chemtrails. this whole Bigfoot thing. I've never said I don't think it's possible. If 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 uh, the other folks are right about Harp or Chemtrails, I think aliens are possible too. Well, Could you let me answer the GD question Maybe. here? Maybe. God. Zombies. Uh, these, <laughs> that's possible yeah if these things are so it has an effect on your life right they're they're scrambling your brains from alaska with harp or they're dropping uh, aluminum uh, bits on your head from uh, chemtrails those these are the have, claims these have an uh, effect on your life so my claims actually would have an effect on your life if i was making those claims whereas with the uh, with the bigfoot this is just a hobby yeah. it's something that interests me and i like to sort of look into it okay. and i'm, I'm it, interested it does affect my life I, I i came home um earlier tonight found two deer in my driveway that that affects were they alive my, or dead they were, they were alive okay it was nice right. to see where do them, you think it? i live <laughs> i don't know it could have been the bigfoot that killed the deer <laughs> right if i come home and i find a bigfoot in my driveway it's a different story altogether mark that does affect my life why is it not really? I mean, you know, so they're so, so they look mean. The well, they, they look mean, and I don't carry no, I a shotgun in the car. A Twelve foot uh, ape. Black bears are one thing, but yeah, that's this is gigantic. Looking at the pictures of this thing. Okay, nine foot tall. That's still pretty big. It's big. It's still fifty percent taller than me. Yeah, it's big, no doubt. Right. So I, 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 I would. I, I only contend that it does not have a great effect on your life. Okay. So yes, um, like there might be in the woods. I don't think they're really likely in the woods of New Hampshire. It seems much less likely. The woods of New Hampshire are all grown up and new, whereas mm. uh, the woods of say, you know, when you're talking about uh, Wait a Washington second. or something. On this Bigfoot DNA post, they're talking about finding. Oh, they're going to talk about in finding Vermont. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So, how much different is, are, is the forest in Vermont than well, from Vermont New Hampshire? Is half as populated, less than half as populated as New Hampshire. Well, the claim is that New Hampshire's forests were all cut down back in the day, like right? Ninety like, percent of them, or something like, like that. Like a couple hundred years ago, or what? A hundred years ago? It's farmland. Yeah, and then a whole a bunch of forests just grew up all over the it, place. Weeds grew up. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I mean, it, it seems like a very short period of time. It's an interesting thing. I guess it is. Isn't? I, I'm no, sure it's that not. The, that's not a lot of. That's it's not it's enough time for yeah. for growing yeah, trees. Sure, um, especially pine trees. So, Mark, what else do you have to tell us about this? I mean, because what you're well, saying you here to hear from the skeptic, right? Yeah, what yeah. you're saying here is there's a scientist lady who did not believe in the Bigfoot necessarily. Yep, a, foren- who, a forensic scientist lady who analyzed DNA mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. uh, which were provided to her. I'm not sure how, but uh, she had, was given DNA that was ostensibly from Bigfoot creatures in the form of, was it hair and uh, hair, blood urine? And urine, and there was one other thing that I recall. Uh, but yet, of course, no one has actually captured one of these creatures, but yet they're able to get blood from it. I don't, I don't understand it's how that happens. a very good question. What if they cut themselves in the woods, though? Uh, so yeah, so they allegedly have all this DNA. She runs a bunch of tests on them over a period of years and determines that she can identify, uh, that they're, they're basically ape-like DNA, but she can't really identify the primate where they come claim, from. Yeah. Right. And so that's basically it. Like it, she knows it's some sort of primate DNA, but it's not any kind of primate DNA it's ever been seen before. Well, the claim is, is that it uh, appears to be a human uh, primate cross mm-hmm. that might have occurred, developed 15,000 years ago is mm. uh, what, what they're, they're claiming here. OK. And now the skeptic. The skeptic, the overall results of Ketchum's study will soon be revealed, she said, after a peer reviewed journal is published. But skeptic Benjamin Radford is dubious about the outcome of this latest attempt to give credibility to the existence of Bigfoot. If the data are good and the science is sound, any reputable science journal would jump at the chance to be the first to publish this groundbreaking information. Radford, the deputy editor, editor would they though? The skeptical. Right, there's magazine. there's a good question. This kind of ties back to the what we were talking about in the first hour about uh, military suicide and people jumping on um, publishing reports. There are a lot of people who won't publish reports about military suicide, and I would not put it past any reputable reputable science magazine to say, you know what, this isn't reputable enough where we're not going to print this right and they may turn their nose up at topics that uh just would not necessarily bring them the uh you know the renown that they're looking for right this is not this is not necessarily good news like that all of a sudden they would have jumped the shark by you know uh, you know promoting some sort of bigfoot uh study so there's a lot of excitement about proving bigfoot there's not a lot of money in disproving bigfoot and i wonder who's going to replicate the science in these in this circumstance Mm -hmm. i mean that's what science is about is people replicating the results and i just don't know i mean you know maybe they will maybe they won't it just kind of surprises me where where's the money in replicating these results So yeah i don't agree with the skeptic on this case i don't think that the scientific journals would necessarily be jumping at this but okay let's continue radford suggests that if the mitochondrial dna is identical to homo sapiens modern humans it could mean one of two things the first endorsed by ketchum that's the uh, the lady is that bigfoot's ancestors had sex with women about 15,000 years ago created a half human hybrid species currently hiding hiding all across north america <laughs> <laughs> and this is the hardest thing to swallow about big bigfoot is they are they are an elusive creature if they exist they don't like light I don't know. But there was a second possibility, he Yes, said. the second possibility is, however, another simpler interpretation of such results is the samples are contaminated. Whatever the samples originally was, was a Bigfoot, bear, human, or something else. It's possible the people who collected mm. it and handled the specimens no way. accidentally introduced their DNA to the sample. Or maybe it Not wasn't an accident. Catch them. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends, you like Free Talk Live, like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything that you want at 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us online over at freetalklive.com. 
and enjoy the features that you'll find there. We've got a lot of them, and we give them all away. The webcam's one. You can go watch, listen, and interact because the chat room is right there on the same page. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to see and do that. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And if you want a chance at liberty in your lifetime, there's only one strategy, to my mind, that will actually work, and that is to move as many people who love the ideas of freedom to the same place. As, Mark, you and I did as early movers, for the Free State Project. Uh, we were one of the first uh, 400 or so movers, and uh, Nemi was not a mover because she's lived here her whole life. I was born here. As a New Hampshire native. Uh, so you've had this influx of hundreds and hundreds. Now over 1,000 people are here now as part of the Free State Project in New Hampshire. We've got over 13,000 uh, folks that have signed up to make the move to New Hampshire we're over the 66% mark, two-thirds of the way to our goal of 20,000 people who are pledging to make the move to New Hampshire to get active, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. Because fact is, you're too distributed. If you love liberty and you don't live in New Hampshire, you're too diluted. You don't have enough people around. You know this if you've ever gotten active. I mean, it's one thing to you know to cheer on Ron Paul at a rally and feel good for a little while, but then reality sinks in, and that is that... You don't really have that many people where you where you are who are actually doing activism. And not only that, the people who are doing activism aren't having an impact. They're not making a difference. They're not actually moving things in a positive direction as far as liberty is concerned. Because I know what it's like. I come from Florida where— You have to have enough people together in one place in order to have enough synergy to get something done. Yeah. Here in the Free State Project, among other things, but I think that this is a really quantifiable thing, is uh, you know the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance had more than a quarter of the people in the House were endorsed by the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance in the last uh, session of the, the, the House, and they cut the budget by more than 11%. The state budget was cut by 11%. I don't know of another state whose budget was cut— and I don't know when. So you know, all these other regional projects that are trying to imitate what the Free State Project has done are, well, it's gratifying to know that people like what the Free State Project has done, but it just seems like they're not going to, it's not going to work out. I mean, if you want to have success, you're going to have to go where the success is. Trying to replicate that success elsewhere. That's what we've been trying for decades. It doesn't work. Right. You, uh, the, the whole purpose of the Free State Project is to move people to one place so we can actually do things successfully. You want to talk about other quantifiable successes. About a dozen people were elected this year, as were two years ago. It was a different, slightly different set of people. Some people didn't win. Some people who are new did win. And that, you're just uh, talking about the New Hampshire House. You're not talking – look, right, I was thank elected. You, yes. Dozens and dozens of people were elected this year. Good point. Good point. I guess I just mean to the New Hampshire State House. Uh, a dozen free state project participants were elected. That alone, that one election, is more success than the Libertarian Party wishes it could have. And these people are winning as Republicans and Democrats and I think that, here in New Hampshire. I, I think that that, uh, that does not speak truthfully about the true success of the Free State Project. One of the successes of the Free State Project, which I think is uh, you know tremendous, is that not just moving more than 1,000 liberty-loving individuals to, to one state where they can be active, but they, they then activate the people who live in that state. Right. Uh, people like Nimi, who uh, you know weren't as active before the Free State Project came, became— I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it's— Certainly, it has. Um, I had an opportunity earlier this week to actually respond to someone who was like, "And what has the Free State Project actually accomplished?" And it's, 
because, you know, um, a, a lot of the headliney things that that make the Free State Project notorious are not necessarily things that um, make people think that they are actually increasing liberty. And I said, you know, th- there are a lot of successes that can be chalked up to the Free State Project. I mean, I, just from the self-defense standpoint, um, the Stand Your Ground law was overridden this last year. The criminal threatening loophole was closed. There was a, a brandishing some uh, uh, cops that had come here from out of state who were very anti-weapon, um, were using the criminal threatening statute to arrest law-abiding citizens where, where they were applying the law. It didn't really apply. Uh, free staters put the kibosh on that. Um, uh, Jen Coffey um, helped uh, reduce ni- uh, restrictions on knives and other instruments. There are no self- restrictions on knives, as I understand right. it. Yeah, you can right, have a point exactly. of metal in New Hampshire, no matter whether Switch it goes blade, click whatever. or not. Yeah. So, and it's not just limited to the Second Amendment gun gun nuts, quote-unquote, like myself. It's that there's... Um, a tremendous homeschooling lobby here. Um, there's also self-sufficiency and off-the-grid living here in different parts of the state. And I think the accomplishments uh, really outweigh the failures myself in, in terms of, of what has been accomplished by the folks who have moved here. I think the, the legislators in Concord have accomplished a great deal. And, you know, certainly there are things that I don't necessarily agree with personally as far as activism goes. But I, who agrees with everyone all the time? You right. Know. There's there's enough activism to where you can be picky and support the stuff you agree That's with right. and not the stuff that you don't. Uh, anyway, go to freestateproject.org. It's just we're still getting started. We're still the early mover phase here. This thing hasn't even officially completed yet. Uh, we're 67 percent of the way there, just about uh, over 66 percent of the way there. And we need you, if you love liberty, to consider it. Go and to freestateproject.org. If, if you're interested in one of these regional uh, freedom projects, go ahead, give it a shot. Try it out for a couple of years. Then see the quantifiable differences that have occurred since then. And when you get burned out, we'll still be here. Yeah, let's uh, continue here and go to the phones. Let's, uh, we can, if we get a chance, we'll go to more uh, Bigfoot stuff here. But Ingrid is on the line listening in Maryland, and uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Ingrid. Um, hey. 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 It's um, me, Ingrid from Maryland. Um, yes. And I was calling in today because um, I went to the rally here in Maryland. A hearing today in Maryland um, at Fort Meade. The Bradley Manning hearing? Yeah. What was was it in regards to? You guys were talking about um, military and suicide earlier. Yep. And Um, Bigfoot. (laughs) What was the hearing about? um, It's basically about his torture in Quintico. Um, If people aren't aware, he was um, placed on suicide hold for like months, and basically he wasn't allowed to have food in at night. Um, he couldn't like leave his cell, um, like for 23 hours out of the day. And mm-hmm. he was in and, a, like a paper uniform too, wasn't he? Yeah. He had to have like a smock on and it actually like gave him rashes and like gave him like skin disorders. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just like, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to call it today. Cause like I was like at the hearing, like from seven in the morning today to like seven at night and it was wow. just, like so much. And just like wow, and um, I know like a lot of people like are in, like talking about the NDA and like well what if like I get arrested and it's just like well why aren't you paying attention to Bradley Mann and this is like what actually happened to him. I mean I know he was in the military, but it's just like there's no reason why they couldn't do the same thing to any of us. Uh, yeah. There's nothing that would stop them from doing it. Now was Bradley Manning actually brought into court for this hearing or was it just the attorneys? Um, he was at court today and actually he's. 
supposed to testify tomorrow. Hmm, about right. his how, does he, treatment. how does he look right now? Because we had heard that uh, his treatment has improved, uh, but what what were your impressions? Um, um, he looks um, pr- um pretty healthy. Um, actually, at times like he was smiling at joking, and at one point um during the test testimony today, um, one of the psychiatrists was saying that the officials at Quinico thought he was suicidal because they had caught him dancing in his jail cell. And they were like, well, why is he dancing? And the psychiatrist was like, why well, wouldn't he dance? Like, he's in there 23 hours a day. Hmm. And then he's like, well, he's a free spirit. He's not really a Marine. And then, like, Riley just, Riley just started cracking up. Hmm. How many people were there at this hearing? Um... There was about, like, 20 people um, today. Um, yesterday was the start of the hearing, and there was about um, 40 people um, at the hearing. And, and then they actually, like, was so many people that they brought some people into the um, one of the trailers outside to watch it on. That's not like, bad. Not a bad turnout, then. It's good to hear. I'm glad to hear that people are concerned and that they're bothering to come out for this. Ultimate. I wish I'd yeah, seen just, some forward motion. This guy's been held for more than two and a half years. Well, isn't he I getting mean, ready to take a plea deal in order to reduce potential charges? Yeah, it's like some um, kind of plea. Yeah, that's yeah, that's correct. Um, the charge of aiding the enemy. Um, is Ingrid, hang on. Friend. If you can stick with us, we'll bring you back here in a moment. You can keep telling us about your experience today. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number. Ingrid is here uh, with us from Maryland to talk about the Bradley Manning hearing, and you can take control as well. Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you to take control of the airwaves, 855-450-FREE. We'll try to get you in here in the remaining moments, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the features we share with you there. Uh, We give them away. So once again, freetalklive.com. And if you would like, you can support the show by shopping with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com because the website's free, so maybe you want to send us a little bit of of money. And one of the ways you can do that is is by getting the stuff that you would normally buy through Amazon by going and starting your Amazon shopping experience at shop.freetalklive.com. That's where you'll find links to Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, and Amazon US. You click in the right one for you, and at that point, it's your regular Amazon shopping experience. It's just that Amazon will cut us a portion of the profits that they make from it. So go to shop.freetalklive.com, get your holiday shopping taken care of, and don't have to deal with the stores and the hassles of actually going out into the real world to uh, get your shopping done. You can do it right there from your desktop or your, uh, I think you might even work on your smartphone. Start your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Let's go back to Ingrid. She's calling from Maryland. You went to the Bradley Manning hearing today. There were uh, dozens of people that turned out in support, presumably, of uh, Bradley Manning. He actually uh, did make an appearance, and you said he looked fairly healthy and was in good spirits. So it's good to hear those things. And what, again, was the purpose of the hearing? Um, where they're trying to um, have the judge rule on if it was torture or not, because if she rules if it's torture, then he could get up to 10 times the credit, which means since he's been in um, pretrial imprisonment for up to for 2.5 years, he'd, he'd get 20 get years credit? 10 days credit for each day. So wow. if she rules for all 10 days, he could get up to 25 years credit. So if he does get sentenced to, like, say, like, 30 years, then he would get, like, 25 years already served. Interesting. 
Now, he is getting ready to take a plea deal, I've heard, uh, and the, this is a bizarre kind of a plea deal, at least as I understand it, and please correct me if I've misunderstood, uh, that uh, they're offering him a plea deal, and if he takes this plea deal, then they won't charge him with certain crimes, but they're still going to charge him with some other things after he takes the plea deal. Normally, when you take a plea deal, it kind of wraps it all up and takes care of it, but this is a, a bizarre uh, kind of a plea deal. Um, yeah, that's correct. Um, he's offering to plead guilty if they drop some of the charges like aiding the enemy. Um, aiding the enemy is a, is actually a capital offense, but um, the prosecution said they would see, seek life imprisonment, so he wants to get rid of like the most serious charges mm-hmm. so that he would have like a maximum of, of 30 years in prison instead of like life in prison. Hmm. And well, then it's... the other odd thing, too, is um, they actually said that he's going to be seeking um, to be tra- tried by the judge instead of a jury which I know a lot of people think is strange, but you have to consider this is a military court. So if he was tried by jury, it would be all military people. Uh-huh. And since it's not a capital offense, it doesn't have to be unanimous. Um, it, it would just oh, have wow. to be like 70%. Hmm. Interesting. And the military judge um, who's um, currently there is, she's close to um, mandatory retirement. So that's another reason why they wanted to the judge is because they think she's going to be more fair and she's going to be out of there soon. Interesting. Yeah, it's uh, you know, there was an interesting argument that the um, the Manning uh, folks uh, legal counsel had that uh, since Barack Obama had uh, the, the commander in chief of the military had pronounced him guilty before the trial that, uh, you know, they had a, a conflict of interest since every other uh, person that would be on the jury or the judge, everybody involved has basically um, they're you know, they are an underling, a subordinate to the commander in chief. They've basically been given an order to find him guilty so he can't get a fair trial. Yeah, they actually um, brought that up in trial today, but then the, um, the colonel um, actually tried to say that he wasn't aware of that. He was like, well, I'm not aware of that. But then he he was trying to say that to, like, everything. Like, I'm not aware, unless, like, um, Bradley Mann's attorney, like, had an email. And then he was like, oh, yeah, right, proof. I remember. Yeah, it's, gosh, isn't that always the way, right? I, what was it that Reagan used to say? I do not recall mm-hmm. Ollie North. I do not recall yeah. that senator. I do not recall that senator. I do not recall that senator. Yeah, this is the. I'm not surprised in the slightest. So the uh, hearing continues to mo- into uh, tomorrow, where you said Manning himself is expected to testify. Yeah, he's going to testify tomorrow, and then they believe it's going to last until either Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then at some point, the judge will issue a ruling on this matter. Very interesting. Appreciate and, you sharing. You know, it's not going to be over. And then they're going to have the actual court martial, which is going to be in February. So right. No, but they'll issue the the judge will issue the ruling on whether or not he was tortured before the yeah. court martial. Mm-hmm, Ingrid, right. thanks for sharing that. Uh, I appreciate because I didn't even know that was happening today. So I'm glad that you yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know keep uh, you're keeping us in the loop on this, and uh, you've been to these hearings uh, previously or whatever you know Bradley Manning related things. So I really appreciate you uh, you you know bringing that news yeah, to our thank listeners. Uh, thanks yeah. for that. And keep us in the loop, will you? All right, I will. Appreciate the call tonight. That's Ingrid from Maryland, 855-450-FREE. As I understand it, she's a Free State Project uh, participant as well. Uh, but it's good to have her down in Maryland at uh, at this time. Indeed. Because, uh, let's continue, though. Stephen's in North Dakota, and you're listening on the Listen Lines. Hey, Stephen. Hey there. Uh, before I get to what I was going to talk about, um, I decided I've, I've been listening to this show now for about four years, and I've supported it in a wide variety of ways I've bought Gold from Midas Resources. Oh, great. Shop through Amazon.freetop5.com and all that stuff. But I've decided to become an amplifier as soon as I get back to civilization. Um, Where are you now? I'm out in the middle of 
I'm in the middle of nowhere right now. There's no internet. It, there's no computer anywhere near hmm. me. I'm, I'm working on, a, on an oil rig. Uh, but when I get back, I'm going to become an amplifier. And, uh, here's why. Okay. Because I, I found myself chatting with three uh, self-described libertarians today. And not one of them uh, knew what the Free State Project was. One of them had never even heard of it. The other two were suspicious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they thought that it might be some kind of scam. One guy suggested that it was the New Hampshire Government Tourism Board uh, <laughs> was behind it, trying to get people to move to New Hampshire. And I said, no, no. It's, it's that would be ironic. That would be funny. Yeah, wouldn't it? That would be something else. And I said, no, I mean, it's the government people that are terrified of the, uh, of the free state. Yeah, they are not happy. Know? Generally, right. that's true. And, yeah. And so, and I, I sort of thought about it, and, and I thought, you know, the best way to spread the message about the Free State Project that I know of is through Free Talk Live, and the best way to support Free Talk Live that I know of, in addition to the things that I've been doing, is to become an amplifier. Your logic that's, is impeccable, I must say. Yeah, make sure you do that uh, that Christmas shopping through shop.freetalklive.com, too. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. I, think, yeah, I, think I encourage my friends to do that, too. Great, man. Well, um, thanks for that, and I presume that means you are a Free State Project participant. Yes, sir. That's correct. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, um, and, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, the reason why I called, I was listening to a podcast uh, from a few days ago, and you guys were talking about Supreme Court decision. Uh, they ruled on something being constitutional or not, or something like that. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but I, I thought I would bring this up to you to sort of file in your back pocket for the next time a subject like that comes up. I wonder if, uh, if either of you or Nemi are aware of what's called footnote four. Have you ever heard of that? I have not. Not no, nor have I. Footnote footnote four is the most famous footnote in the history of of law. It's it was a, a trial in the nineteen forties. Uh, the company I believe was called Caroline or Caroline Products, uh, and the case is not relevant to anything. Nobody even remembers what the case was about. But in the uh, in in the decision. Uh, the uh, there was a footnote. There was these footnotes, and footnote, footnote number four said, in effect, that anything the U.S. government does is constitutional unless you prove otherwise in the Supreme Court. Mm. And and that that was relevant to the discussion you were having the other day. It's not relevant to Bigfoot or anything you were talking <laughs> about tonight. However, I thought that maybe for your edification and for future conversations on that subject, you guys might want to be aware of that. I consider myself edified. Thank you very much. I'm reading All the right. text of footnote four right now, and it's it's um it's true, and it's it, it, this is crazy, pretty mind blowing, really. Yeah, I can't say I'm really, surprised. I mean, that's how they behave, right? Like everything that we do is legal until the Supreme Court says otherwise, right? Right, and 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 you know what? And come to think of it. The uh, Nixon Frost interview uh, in the seventies, when he said, "Well, if the president does it, it's legal," is essentially of, true, uh, right? In light of footnote four, it, it's really not that uh, scandalous a thing that he said that. Stephen, thanks for your call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, and of course, you're absolutely right that uh, Free State Project is best promoted by Free Talk Live. It's it's well, it's best promoted by word of mouth, friend to friend, uh, family member to family member. But besides word of mouth, Free Talk Live is the number one. Uh, recruiter for the Free State Project. 
I sincerely and, hope the Free State Project, uh, they've got a new idea. They're basically taking uh, my uh, Free State Now, uh, kicking it up a notch and getting it into gear. I haven't been able to pay attention to it. That uh, would be great. Because yeah. um, we need to get to 20000 sooner rather than later. I think they could do it th- this year. A question apparently somebody asked, board operator uh, is passing this on, is what is an early mover of the Free State Project? Anyone who's moved before the counter reaches 20000 at freestateproject.org, anyone who moves before that is an early mover. So if you move to New Hampshire now, you'd be an early mover. Correct. Yeah, exactly. We're only at 13,300-something or other. So we got a little ways to go. Love being a native. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You can learn more about the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. See you tomorrow. What if the key to achieving liberty in your lifetime was to move together with others who think like you? Liberty activists are joining the Free State Project, which is over halfway to its goal of 20,000 participants. And they're already making the move to New Hampshire. The successes are piling up and are proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. From demonstrations and vigils to outreach and volunteering, there's a lot going on in Keene. Keene is also the undisputed Liberty Media capital of the world, with television, talk radio, and more, all originating here. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, free books, a forum, and activist tools you can download and use in your area at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com.